Hey, look at that. I made it. Hey, my friend. Hey. I don't know. I walk around the house to get 4G, and I got it in this room. Well, there you go. I don't know. It did it. Fine. My bro. Yeah, like my my broadband died. Died like my broadband. My internet died like 30 minutes ago. It just flat. That's the worst. But we gotta take care. That's what's important. One way or the the other, we got it done. That's what's really important. Yeah, yeah, I got panicked, like I was on the phone with these guys and the company, and they're like, hey, yeah, did I start the router and all that stuff? I'm like, man, it doesn't work, <laughs> like, fix it. But, yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I live in a countryside, so my 4G doesn't really work well here in the village, so, <laughs> but we I did it. Well, here now, that's important. That's it. Charlie, I'm very excited you being here. I've been on Instagram for several months, and it was not hard uh, not to uh, notice you, and... Uh, your approach on certain things that I, as I said in one of my comments a few days ago, uh, is very intrigued. Your approach and your way of thinking, which is something uh, rare to see, uh, at least on the social media and the world I belong in in the last couple of months. So I have some interesting questions that I would like to uh, speak with you today. Uh, for my audience, if you don't know who Charlie is, I don't know what you're doing on social media. So <laughs> he's been here for a while. So um, Charlie, why are you on social media? How did you end up on Instagram? So I started this Instagram account um, because uh, I uh, wanted to try to help people out. You know, um, years ago, I left agency life. I was a supervisor at Omnicom and Resolution Media. I was spending a million dollars a day for CBS and Activision, Nissan, uh, Levi's, Jeans, Disney, MGM, a a million brands, whatever. Um, I spent a couple hundred million dollars and I just got sick and tired of that lifestyle. Um, and what I ended up doing was I tried to go out and help people and I joined like the Ad Leaks group and Cat Howells and Tim Birds and the Shack Birds and Comfort Collectives and all of that stuff. And, um, I went out there to try to find help because I'm a client side and I was trying to help brands work. I, I, I got hired by brands to basically help them be successful. And I realized that, um, there was a lot of really bad advice being sold a lot by really people that just weren't that good at their job. So I ended up um, getting kicked out of one Facebook group and then another and then another and then another between Tim Burks, Manny Sanchez, all these, all these groups eventually kicked me out. And so uh, I ended up starting my own in about 2017. And uh, that group is now a couple, about 10, 15,000 people. I think last time I looked at about 13 grand. Um, and then I started writing eBooks because I kept getting the same questions asked me all the time. And uh, so I grew up Patreon where all the eBooks are. And um, that is now a extremely healthy monthly reoccurring revenue for me and i'm very happy about that uh with dozens of ebooks and hundreds of hours of video i ended up moving out of youtube i got onto twitter because i was working with the direct to consumer newsletter the ddc newsletter people um and i did an interview with them they need they said you need a twitter account to promote this so i did and then that got to i don't know five thousand people or something and i got onto clubhouse and i got that to five ten thousand people and then i was like screw it i need an instagram uh and so i was like now i'm here and, uh, you know, I try to post two, three reels a day, two, three snapshots of tweets a day, a couple live videos. Um, and just my ultimate goal is for people to see, I want them to have less stress and more success when it comes to Facebook advertising and business management. And um, I think that's totally possible for most people. And I think the biggest issue most people have is they just learn from people that are absolutely awful at this job. and. The problem with that is the bad advice became more, way more popular than the good advice, which isn't that always the case. The thing that's wrong becomes way more popular because it's easier to sell than the thing that's, that, that's right. And um, 
So yeah, that's what I do now is I uh, yeah. help people be successful. And, and that's why I'm here. And I really enjoyed your video. Speaking of the reels, they caught my attention. And uh, <laughs> I think it's PCE Social or something. Maybe I saw your partnership with her and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. And so I did one with her. I was like, if he could do it, I could do it. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to follow this guy. And then I hopped into one of your lives, I think last week. I was like, bro, we should do this. And uh, yeah, that's what yeah, I just half blind, and you know when people in the comments were appearing, I couldn't see because you know they go away, and then you just see them like blur. And I was like, Oof, I can't read it, I can't read it. I'm not even that good in this life and stuff. I'm like, where is the question? And I'm like, okay. And then I want to find you, and I found you, and I realized I haven't answered your question months ago. But that's how the algorithm works, right? They don't show us that's what we want. That's right. That's how it works. So I'm very intrigued because your uh, way of, uh, especially the last week, I watched quite a lot of your content, and okay. I'm intrigued by the way. Oh, yes, I did. Because I was like, why this guy doesn't appear on my wall anymore? Because, you know, like, you'll be everybody's busy with work. I scroll the wall, and I remember now when I found you months ago, but since then, you haven't appeared on my wall, you know? So I was like, kind of forgot about it. I was like, why never watch this guy again? And your approach to the whole problem of Facebook ads, if I can call it a problem, is very interesting and very, as you said, different to what you call a bad advice. So I, uh, a lot of my... Followers and my friends, as I call them, my followers, friends on Instagram, are a lot of coaches and course creators and people who sell that. So the first very easy question for you is like, why? The way I usually start asking people is, why should every business or why should not every business run ads, Facebook ads? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, so my opinion of it is, Facebook at its core is a market research device that creates intent. If you have a business that is profitable and a business model that is successful, Facebook can be wildly helpful in amplifying the effects that you get. If you have a business that works, an investment in Facebook can massively scale you in a way that nobody else can. Um, there has never been a tool created by humanity that does better at creating intent and doing market research than Facebook does. None more effectively, none cheap, more cheaply, and none with worldwide access. Um, that being said, if you don't have a good business, spending money on Facebook won't save it. Um, exactly. So I think people, my primary focus, and people when I'm trying to talk about why you should get on or get off or, or, or do it, is if you have a good business model, not spending on Facebook is probably a liability. If you don't have a good business model, no amount of money you spend on Facebook is going to make you rich. All you're doing is spending a lot of money to tell people you're not ready for their attention. And that's a bad investment. Yeah, that's exactly. That's very well said. Uh, I like the way you define that. Like also when I speak with all people and stuff, I always put a lot of emphasis say, like on, the, on their business. You know, like if you, you really need to improve your business and being profitable before you jump into the systems in place, there is so many things that actually convert people, especially if you're a creator and online course, nobody's going to come and junk all that money. Yeah. Because they, they saw you three seconds. It's, you're not selling like pencil, you know? And yeah. it's, it just doesn't make I don't sense. Know. And the better your business is, the more money you can make after somebody clicks on your store, the less effective you need Facebook ads to be. Like I took this brand, uh, 310 Nutrition, they were, do they were an $8 million brand and in two years we were at 95 million. When I started, they were spending about five to $8,000 a day at a two and a half X row ads on Facebook, 28 day click. When I finished, we were spending 30,000 a day at a 0.8. My point there is we got so good at the business model, we could lose money on Facebook and that allowed us to 12 X the business in the space of two years. And yes, yeah, it does say, so fucking Zen on this cup, it does. Uh, this is a coffee shop yeah. here in LA called Coffee Dose. And uh, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, and I'm happy that you 
they definitely share that same opinion, business first and like, and if you have a terrible business, Facebook amplify that as well. Show how terrible you are in a, in a sky, uh, how do you say, uh, light speed. Uh, yeah. Uh, speed, right? You can show everybody, this is how bad these people are, you know? <laughs> like, don't go there. Perfect. I used to have everything on the computer, but now I have a piece of paper, so I don't lose my questions. Because everything is in the other in the other side of the house. So I wanted to ask you also, uh, should creators and coaches run Facebook ads? Because I get, uh, I entered in this world six years ago as a fitness coach at that time. And that's how I started learning. And I started literally with $5 in my pocket. And I made 20,000 constant revenue a month only thanks to Facebook ads and trying a few strategies. And But I was coached for many years. I was very confident in my business. I was establishing the area. So Facebook just multiplied, amplified that and show to more people. And I try, and my approach to the whole ads thing is like, you need to be, as you just said, good at what you do. You know, you have to have a business that works before actually start running the ads. Because when I tried in the beginning, I lost a lot of money because I didn't know what I'm doing. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, look at these numbers and stuff. Like in the end, in, in always my conclusion was that I was the one who actually sells because it's coaching is a bit different than e-commerce, right? It takes more to, so what, what are your opinion? Should coaches and online creators run ads? Yeah, I do think so. What I will say is understand what your business objective is when you're investing in the platform. What I mean by that is if you have a $100 ebook or a $1,000 course, or like I have an MBA program, it's, let's just say it's a lot more than $1,000 uh, to get yeah. my time. Uh, I, I, we won't keep the, we'll keep the numbers off. It's, it's, a, it's a hefty investment. It would be completely unrealistic for me to say that I could run Facebook ads to get a conversion on that thousand dollar, five or ten or twenty or fifty thousand dollar investment, because there's no way I'm going to get enough conversions on a daily basis to leave learning phase. But what I can do is use Facebook media, use Facebook ads to promote content that generates high levels of intent and interest in somebody talking to me. What I can do is I can consider my business objective is getting on sales calls with people with a high level of intent that are high quality leads. So I'm using Facebook to acquire attention so that I can help people and that ultimately the right folks, because I give away tons of advice. I mean, there's hundreds of hours of stuff. You could easily pay people way more money than, than uh, you could easily charge oh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and get way worse advice than I give away for free. But the result of that is because I'm amplifying that advice. If you apply it and you're successful and you want and you self-identify, like I'm willing to pay to get more access. By the time you come on to talk to me, you're already, your thing is just like, when do we start? How much is it? So I'm using Facebook ads to create that legitimacy and get that reach. I can put up really fun content, but if nobody sees it, it doesn't matter. And to what we were talking about before about bad advice being popular, some people are really, really good at getting attention. And their advice is, for lack of a better word, dog shit. Like, look at Ty Lopez, phenomenal. You know, he made it famous. He rented a mansion, rented a Lamborghini, hired some models and made a get rich quick scheme on the internet and made millions really bad advice, really good sales pitch. So I'm trying to give really good sales pitches and I'm trying to give really good advice and then I'm amplifying the sales pitches that I have to get more attention. And my point to that is maybe what's most important to you is that people see your message. And my buddy Dennis Yu has a great dollar a day strategy of just amplifying your content to see what people respond to. And even if you're just using a dollar a day on Facebook ads to amplify a few videos so that you can see what people like what message they resonate with. And you can use this market research. That's going to help your organic content and your conversations get so much better. 
Because you're gonna see, well, this video got 10, this video is getting a view for a penny. This video is getting a view for five cents. Well, let me just talk about the thing that's getting me a penny because clearly I'm getting more attention. And if you can figure out what people want from you, you're gonna be better off. It's an old adage in business. You can be the person that tells the marketplace what they want. Very rarely is that person gonna be successful. But if you listen to what your customers want and you provide it, then it's gonna be really easy to let them give you money. And yes. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing is just, if somebody comes to you and says, this is what I want, and then you're like, okay, great, here it is. They're gonna give you money. So even at a dollar a day, you can do that. And I personally run Facebook ads and all my Facebook ads are, every time I post a video to YouTube, um, it automatically posts my, to a Facebook page that I have. And then I spend, me personally, I'm spending a bit more than a dollar a day, but I'm just amplifying clicks to these YouTube videos. And then people go to my YouTube, they subscribe, they watch hours of it, that gets an organic reach on YouTube. And then people pile through hours and hours of content on YouTube and Instagram. And then my calendar is full. Like literally I'm on calls like this or sales calls or consulting calls. It's eight o'clock in the morning here in LA until after five o'clock. And that costs me five, 10 bucks a day. And I will easily have a six figure income from those conversations. Absolutely. Which is uh, warming up, warming up, warming up those people, give them more value, uh, give them more reason why I, uh, by what I've done in the past and stuff like that, I think like in this kind of coaching world, and because that's most people are on Instagram watching us now, it, it takes six months somebody to make a decision, sometimes even more. Like I know, I know I work with people that I was following for years until I could afford them, you know? But if they didn't constantly appearing on my wall with their ads, I would forget them. Mm -hmm. So it's not, as you say, it's not like there are people that gonna see the, your ads and they're gonna take action, but how many are really those, even if it's hundred dollars course, people will still, a lot of people are competing for that attention. So you need to really, really make sure you keep on appearing and giving a great content and warming up those people by showing them who you are and why you're the best at what you do and not the rest. Because I get, I suddenly end up like getting a lot of coaches and stuff asking me, how can you help me in this and that? And everybody's like, will the ads pay for themselves? I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> uh, I cannot sell your course. You need to sell your course. I can drive people to you and you need to do your magic, right? Absolutely. The best thing you can do, the only thing a Facebook ad is responsible for is getting a customer in your store. After that is on you as a business owner to make that person want to pay and you as a salesperson to close that deal. You have to think of Facebook as nothing other than a really fancy billboard or a television commercial. It will not do anything more than that. And its responsibility at its core is to just drive you the highest volume of people of the best quality you can. Your job is to get higher and higher quality people for more and more efficient rates or higher, higher volume. That's it. Um, everything past that is, is asking Facebook to do something that is not its job. And if you ask somebody to do something that isn't their job, odds are they're going to fail and it's going to be your fault when it happens. And I think that's part of the responsibility and ownership of the space that a lot of people don't have, sadly. I think they've just been led astray. They think they can throw the money at Facebook and print money. Absolutely. that's just not how it works. Yeah, and that's not the purpose of it in the end. I know I, I invested money, I lost money, but I knew since the beginning, I knew that the fault is mine. I knew yeah. it because I was like, didn't know exactly what I want, what I'm doing. I was just testing, doing stuff in a way that I shouldn't be doing until I learn things and I'm still learning. But I never saw it as a sales. I was the one who sells my services. I was, as you say, I was driving people to trials, to talks, I was confident and I was confident to throw $10,000 on ads because I knew that everybody coming to that door, 
I had 90% uh, conversion rate when people come to talk to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was ready to put whatever it, uh, Facebook asked me, but I never expected. And I tried to explain that to a lot of uh, service-based businesses and stuff uh, that like, that's what we should supposed to do. And everybody's like, yes, but when is my return on investment? I'm like, people don't even know who you are, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I'll say this. No business model is profitable on year one or two. If you go to the bank and say, I've got a business model, give me a loan. I'm going to be profitable on week two. They're going to laugh you out of the building. Also, when do you want to capitalize on the attention that you have? Like, I don't want to be profitable on the first week because I know if it takes me a week or a month or however much longer to get the money back from my investments, I know that return is going to be a lot more because I'm investing in a larger win. And the other side of that too, is I think business models are really important. Like one of the things that was super huge for me was making a Patreon. Like I said, that Patreon group, I can sell you an ebook for 50 bucks, or I can make a Patreon where you get access to every ebook for a hundred dollars a month. Now, if I make a new ebook every six weeks or so, I can try to sell you on every single one of them, or you can subscribe and get access to everything, which is a much better deal for you for hundred bucks. You get access to every one of them. And if you stick around, you're going to see everything I've got. I'll say this, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of people at different levels of my Patreon and my smallest price is $100. And those people stick around for years. And I only had to sell them once. And I will gladly pay the 20 bucks a day or whatever to like once a month get somebody because then like once a month I get somebody and then the next month I get two and then five months later I'm getting one or two a day. And some people drop off and whatever, but business is about investment, right? And your opportunity. Um, and I think one of the things people don't understand is your job as a media buyer, as a Facebook ads person is to allow the business model to have the best chance to succeed. Um, so most people don't succeed because the business model is bad. Um, and then you're just kind of done. And the, the funny thing is you can have a, if you have a really great business model, you can be terrible at Facebook ads and still make a lot of money. Um, and a lot of the experts that I see in the space, a lot of the gurus and experts and agency owners have been like, I've been here for 10 years and everybody loves them because they're super nice. The reason they're successful is because they landed one amazing client who didn't need them like 10 years ago. And like, I see that as CBS didn't need me to be successful with a million dollars a day I was spending. They're a national television chain. Nissan didn't care about the million dollars a week I was spending for them. They didn't care. They were making money regardless. They couldn't even point to me having any real impact on their business. But I got to be, I can say I was very successful because I attached myself to those big brands. Um, so that's just a bit of, of, a, of a thing there. But yeah, I, I think it's absolutely about the business model and about how you're trying to sell people. And about, I think one of the biggest issues that people have is in being profitable is don't try to make all your money on the first sale. Try to make all your money on that relationship. What you're doing is you are buying relationships at an exchange rate. And I'll gladly invest in our future together if I think I'm going to profit on it at the end. And that might mean I lose money in the first day, in the first month. But after the, that year, I make way more than that money back. I'm great. Like I was spending five bucks a day on TikTok ads, and I've easily signed contracts worth twenty to $30,000 from that $5 a day on TikTok ads that I started five months ago. Now, if I try to ramp out the math and try to do all the attribution and all of that stuff, there's going to be no way to prove it. All I know is I wouldn't have made that money if I wasn't there. And okay. you know, you have to, you have to play the game or you're never going to win. Exactly. Exactly. Like I, I, I've seen that like when I started and when I got better at it and stuff like that, I was like asking myself, I was walking around and everyone said, why is this business not doing that? Why is this business not running that? The guy come to my door, giving me flyers. He says, you want to clean the windows uh, for your house? And I'm like, mate, 
The person that pay you, you to walk the houses today, it costs him $70 and $200 for the flyers. That's $250 that guy spent today. Like what you can do with $250 on Facebook? For sure you can reach more houses than me, right? Sure, of course. <laughs> like, like, the whole yeah, world. <laughs> yeah, local businesses can easily benefit. And it's not to say that you shouldn't do the door-to-door -door stuff, but oh, no. do them both. You can invest a little bit here and a little bit there, and you'll probably do a lot better than all of your eggs in one basket and all of that kind of fun stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. There's an old adage, um, ubiquity is legitimacy. If I see you everywhere, you're more legitimate to me. And if I hear your name all the time, I'm going to buy from you because you're top of mind when I have to make that decision. Like you're talking about, it might take six months. But if you forgot about somebody because you didn't see them. And uh, all you have to do is make sure that when somebody wants to make that decision, you're the first thing that they go to to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Now I have a question a little bit more specific. You talk a lot about broad targeting. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a topic you like to talk about in your videos. I quite do a like lot. to talk about it. Yes. So, it so yeah. first, what is a broad audience? Sure. Because even for me, even for me, when I watch your videos, I'm like, does he mean the whole world? Is he targeting the whole world? Because for me, broad can be several millions. Is it 300 millions? What Charlie thinks is a broad audience. Broad audience, by definition, from the Facebook engineering team that wrote the algorithm, is age, gender, and location. So you can say I want women in Europe over the age of 25. That's a broad audience. And the difference between a broad audience versus a narrow audience is those are the only three things that you can add to an audience that doesn't cost you extra. Back in the day when Facebook first started, Facebook was very clear saying, oh, you want to apply this interest group. It'll cost you an extra 20 cents on your CPM or an extra five or an extra dollar or any one of these things. So if you stack 30 interest groups, you feel like you have a super broad audience, you do, but you're paying a tax for every little bit of customization that you have, right? Like you got a great, you have a great wardrobe. Those are not necessarily, some of that myself might be custom. Custom costs extra. Also, so yeah, that's what that's a broad is. Is broad is what is the cheapest audience that you can reach without having to pay extra to reach them, and knowing that every ad makes their own lookalike audience. How do you prevent Facebook from? How do you not prevent Facebook from being able to show the ad to the user that it thinks it wants to see it? And so, how do you get out of the way? How do you save money by getting out of the way? And um, that's that's a big big piece that I think most people don't understand because they just weren't in the game long enough to see the actual tax just line up. Of like, and that's back, you know, CPMs used to be like two, three bucks. And it's like, if I want to attach this interest group, it's going to cost me an extra 10%. Eh, I don't want to do it. Um, but that's back in the day, they used to tell you those exact numbers. Now they hide it, but that's still the way that Facebook works. Yeah. And well, when you create lookalike audience, that's for you, not uh, Facebook. It's not a broad audience anymore, right? Because some lookalike audiences can go in 5, 10 million, 20 sure. million people. Do, would you consider that as a broad audience? Like, let's no. say 5%, 10%, or you get charged extremely high? Let me put it this way. Broad audience doesn't have anything to do with the audience size. Broad audience okay. is either broad or narrow. Either it is default or it's custom. So even if your lookalike is 100 million people, I don't know what that, I, I've made, you can get what they call super lookalikes if you're whitelisted in Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can do like worldwide super 20% lookalikes, and it's like 100 million people. Technically, it's like 200 million, which is insane. Um, but that's still not a broad audience. You're still paying extra for that. What you're doing is you are paying a tax to say, we are going to use your data to collate users together and for us to be able to provide you that limited inventory that is of a premium value, we're going to charge you extra. 
Okay, that's fantastic. So if anyone who starts today, they say, okay, they watch our video now and say, cool, I want to go, I have $10 today, I'm going to invest $10 today in Facebook ads. What type of audience they should use? I would go broad, figure out your age, your gender, and your location of your target audience. And I'll say this, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding. People think that the audience does targeting. Like, oh, I'm gonna target these people with my ads. Think of it more as the audience just basically, a targeting audience or a behavior group or an interest excludes everybody that doesn't fit in that little niche. But also remember that interest groups and behaviors and whatnot, it doesn't mean that somebody feels positively about something and it doesn't include everybody about it. So let's say you love dogs and you hate cats and you talk about it on, online all the time. I love dogs and I hate cats. Well, if you keep mentioning cats all the time, you're in the cat's interest group. So when I'm trying to sell cat food, I'm going to target you. Generally speaking, 30 to 40% of any interest group is full of people that feel negatively about the topic of conversation. So when we're talking about the auction and the way that it works with your budget and your estimated action, rate, we want to show ads to good people, the people that respond positively to your advertising. If 30 to 40% of the people that you are paying extra to reach actually feel negatively about the thing you're trying to advertise, it's going to hurt you in the long run because the other part of the equation is your page score. If Facebook sees you as half the people we're showing your ads to, or 30, 40% of them are leaving Facebook because we showed them your ad, or they're Xing out or leaving negative comments, you're gonna have to pay more and more and more just to stay in business. So what I tell people is the ads do the targeting. Remember that Facebook, every ad is a web page. Facebook is measuring the click-through rate, the bounce rate, the stickiness of that web page. Not what happens on your site, but what happens with the ad that you're promoting. And then because their number one objective is to retain interest for as long as possible. The average person spikes the height of the Eiffel Tower on a daily basis, which is crazy. Uh, but your job is to keep them there. So Facebook wants to show people content that they want to see. This was the big breakthrough um, with optimized CPM in 2015 that like changed the world of Facebook and was a bigger apocalypse than the iOS 14 issue. iOS 14 is a, is a speed bump compared to what this was. What this was. And so if you want to target an audience, make content that speaks to that audience. So for instance, I'm trying to sell cat stuff, right? Or I'm personally a dog owner, right? And I want to uh, get, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sell, I don't know, dog toys. Have your ad say, hey, do you own a dog? You know who's gonna respond positively to that? People that own dogs. You know who's not gonna care? Somebody that hates dogs. And Facebook's gonna show your ads to the people that are gonna respond positively to it. So think of your ad, make your ad specifically speak to the person whose attention you want to have. If you're in a crowded room and you can shout three words and you want everybody in that room that you want to talk to pay attention to, what are those words going to be? That's what your ad should be. And you let the targeting be broad. And that is how you make Facebook work. Because also it means you're only investing in one place. If you only have one campaign with, with, where all your money is being spent, maybe one or two ad sets. Maybe you have one ad set at broad and you've got four or five ads in there with one campaign. That means all of your money is being spent in one place, and that's an order of magnitude of complexity of like five. It makes it really easy. We have 10 campaigns, 10 ad sets with five ads a piece. That's 500 options for Facebook to spend money and to try to learn. Option number one with the five ads is a hundred times smarter than option number two, which means it's a hundred times more likely to be stable. It's a hundred times more likely to be scalable, and it's a hundred times more likely to allow you to get insight and improve your business. That's why when we were working on designing the Power Five in the Disruptor Group, which you should check out the Power Five, uh, Facebook's been teaching it for a long time, and I was yep. developing. Uh, so I was on the, uh, I was in the CBO and the uh, Account Simplicity side of those testing. Hi, Ash. Uh, my buddy Ash is here. Uh, super smart guy. Give him a follow. Um, 
the simpler your account, the smarter Facebook is, the lower, the, the less work you have to do. So what audience do you want to target? Broad. The real question is, well, who does your ad appeal to? And then just make ads that appeal to the person you want to sell to. So instead of using an interest group or targeting audience, make an ad that appeals to that type of person and you'll target them for cheap all day long. And as I understand it, uh, if they show interest, they engage with that ad, Facebook blacks them in a good way and show them more of your ad, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, and they're gonna and find I, other people that look and feel like that person. Yeah. So if you like something and then Facebook says, well, I haven't liked it, Charlie and I like it. Well, everybody else on this thing might also like it because we're all interested in the same thing. And they're going to show it. And I, I believe that also they will show your organic content more as well, if you behave mm -hmm. well. That's because it makes sense to me. If you have running ads that please Facebook uh, idea of keeping people longer and giving them good content. And I believe that they push your organic content as well. Yeah. Not I mean, think of, think of Facebook ads the same way as Instagram Reels. It's just one you're paying for and one you're not. Good content goes a long way. Bad content doesn't. And if it's bad content, but you want it to go a long way, you have to pay more and more money. And it's bad to pay more money on something that doesn't work. So just find the stuff that works and be good to go. And yeah. the last point of that is, I think the biggest mistake people make is they try to isolate all of the things that work and spend as much money on them. What you want to do is just remove the options that are bad. So remove bad choices and it gets smarter. Think of it like if you have a factory, right? And there's five or 10 employees that work for your factory. Some people can make two things a day. Some people can make 10 things a day. And you need 50 things done. If you want to ask the person that can make 10 things a day to make 50 and you fire everybody else, odds are they're going to make them, but they're going to do a really bad job. Yeah. Where if you just get rid of the one person that makes two a day and you ask everybody else to like, all right, the other nine of you, can you handle three things? Between them all, they probably can. And now you're getting more results for the same efforts. You're getting more and more efficient on your media spend. And that's what I'm saying. Like, to scale your business, it's way more effective to get more efficient than to spend more money. It's way easier to reduce your cost by 20%. Go from $10 a sale to $8 a sale than it is to spend 20% more and maintain the same efficiency. Also, spending more money at the same cost is worse for your business because there's added costs to all of that inventory. It's better to make more profit on the money that you're spending um, when you're looking at top line and bottom line growth for you know, long-term business objectives. And I don't, that's the way I always look at Facebook ads as a business owner. And this is an employee that I have. I think of my ad sets as employees. My ads are sales pitches and my campaigns are managers. And I only want to hire people that I want to be around in my business forever. So I don't launch 20 ad sets. If you launch, if you launch 10 ad sets and you turn five of them off because you didn't make money in a week, basically hired 10 people and then fired them all because they sucked the third day on their job. That is a horrible way of running a business. You're never going to be successful if you fire everybody because they're not good at their job on day three. You have to invest in their growth. You have to let them get smarter and more experienced. And remember that it is about an investment. What's most important is that you get a little bit better every week, a little bit better every month. You might not make money today, but if every month you're getting a little bit better, as the world burns and everybody that doesn't understand what happens gets worse and worse and worse, you're getting better and better and better. Maybe my target sale cost is 20 bucks and on month one, I'm at 25. And you're at 15 because you're working really hard. Well, you're working really hard you're taking more gambles and you're trying to scale things and next month is 18 and then it's like 20 because your cpms constantly go up and your attribution is tough and it's unstable and all of this stuff and you're like getting throwing up your hands and you're losing on facebook say it costs you a dollar extra every month 15 16 17 18 19 20 but i get a dollar better every month in one year you're not going to be in business and in one year i'm going to be making 10 times more money 
So which problem do you want to have? A struggle now or working really hard now to make tomorrow impossible? We get to choose our problems. And so I just want to choose the problems that give me the most upside. That was a very long-winded kind of non-direct answer to your question. It's I okay. Followed. I went off on something. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. No, it's your way. It's your way. It's your style. It's your way. Keep it. That's why we like you, innit? So uh, according to what you actually said, uh, like I know with the knowledge I have, which is a certain level, I know I can give quick wins, I think, to every possible business that exists out there. I feel like that. That I can give them the win if they want it and make them happy and stay with me two months. Sure. I know. But then it happened to, with my own business when I was actually learning this. Then a problem happens, right? Then frequency go to hell. And the people who are about to ready to take quick actions, they took the action already. They're out mm -hmm. of the equation. And then you have small audience that doesn't take action. Right? Yeah. So that's because... Uh, so if you... How, how do you give... How do you... Uh, what is your way of explaining business that... Quick wins are not the solution. Um, because people come and say, I want to make money now. I want to yeah, no, I get make it. money. And, and here's my solution to them is, um, we can make some money now. We can capitalize on all your potential today. And in six months, you're going to be out of business. Or we can spend the next few months getting better and better and better. So your problem in six months is you need to go to your bank and allow them to have a, a higher credit limit. The question is, do you want to make money? Do you want to still be in business in a year? Or do you want to sell all of your potential for, a, you know, for five cents on the dollar right now? The question is ultimately, do you want to continue to make money or do you want it to solve this problem over and over and over again? Most people are like, well, I don't want to start any business in six months. I don't want to keep playing the lottery. I'd like to invest in this. And so then your answer is, okay, great. You want to invest in the solution. Let's go with the understanding that you're investing in a long-term solution. You're building a business. You're probably going to go into debt to build that business, but you're going to be profitable at the end. We have a plan to get there. Now, we can get a couple short wins right now to get some revenue in so you feel good. And there's no reason that we should turn off all your good money to do things my way where you might not see a return for a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to do things my way with a percentage of your spend. And we're going to keep what you do going. And as what you do gets worse and worse and worse, at the same time, what I'm doing, because I'm investing in the long game, I'm going to get better and better and better. As what I'm doing gets better than you when you're getting worse, eventually we're just going to shift all the money to what I'm doing. And we've transitioned you from a short con into a long-term business. And that is generally the way that I take a lot of businesses. And it might take a month. It might take three or six, depending on where they're at. But the, the point of it is investing in a long-term solution takes time, but it doesn't mean you don't have to make money now. And if you change everything right away, that's probably the worst option. Because you might be wrong on your testing. It might take you a month to figure out what you need to do or a week to figure out what you need to do. And there's no reason to stop making money while trying to, to, to look for that solution. So generally my answer is let's get the easy money today, but we're going to use that easy money. Instead of paying you, we're going to use that easy money to invest in your future. And when that investment does better than you can do without it, we'll shift our investment to a higher value asset. So we have higher confidence in the growth of our business. And a lot of my conversations with companies are where are we investing our resources and what is the confidence and the value of our assets? And how do we leverage that for the greatest opportunity? I never talk to people about, we're going to do this audience. I never mentioned ad set. You know who doesn't give a shit about ad set? The guy running a million dollar business that has 20 other problems. He doesn't care. The woman running her coaching business, this guy who calls all day dealing with clients, doesn't give a damn about your creative test. They just want to know, are we making money yet? And the answer is yes or no. But it's always, we're getting better every week. We're getting better every month.
you know, that concept of Kaizen. If you can get 1% better every day, after a year, you're going to be phenomenal. I'd rather invest in that than um, selling everything for a short profit and being out of business. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned in one of your videos I watched yesterday, you called retargeting as a luxury problem. Oh, yeah. Why? Love it. I think I was sitting here when I was shooting that video. I recognize that back yeah. Um Retargeting is a luxury issue for three reasons. Number one, um, the unit economics of the algorithm. So if you're retargeting, say everybody's been to your site in the last week, what you're doing is, say you're running broad and retargeting, uh, site traffic last seven days. Let's just use that for this, for this example. Yeah. What you're doing is you're saying, all right, first off, I'm going to pay a higher CPM. Maybe that site traffic last seven days costs you 20 bucks and broad costs you 10 for the purpose of this conversation. So your average cost of advertising now goes up to reach certain people. Your argument is going to be, well, there's higher quality people. I'm going to make more sales for cheaper, which is true. But you're also going to be reaching more and more people at a higher frequency that don't like you. So your page score goes up. I mean, goes down. So your cost of advertising, even for your prospecting, now starts to creep up because you're a lower quality business partner to Facebook. Outside of that, it's a luxury problem because what happens to your prospecting when you're running retargeting is it gets worse. Because now your broad can't see the bottom funnel people that it was relying on a mix of top of funnel, mid funnel, bottom funnel. Facebook was doing all the retargeting for you, which is what broad will do, is handling the whole funnel for you. Now you're saying, I need you to be dumb because I'm gonna steal the easy wins. So now the door-to-door salesperson never gets to see the final sale which means you're now driving lower quality people at a higher cost to you into your retargeting audience. So now your retargeting audience gets less and less efficient and gets smaller and smaller. And as it gets smaller, you pay more money to reach those people because the CPMs go up because your audience is smaller. So those two points right away is you're paying more money to become a lower quality partner to Facebook. So you're getting, even your prospecting is gonna cost you extra and because your prospecting can't see quality people, you're retargeting worse and worse quality individuals at scale. Lastly, you have to solve, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to run a retargeting ad and a prospecting ad, where you're guessing what somebody's issue is, right? So let's say the problem is, let's say you're selling broccoli and you're like, well, I can do the lowest cost. Well, if I'm 13, the reason I'm not buying broccoli isn't because it costs too much. It's because I don't want to eat my fucking vegetables. You've guessed the wrong reason. So now you've lost that sale entirely. And you've made a really bad experience for half the people, a third of the people. So not only did you guess wrong, but in order for you to even understand what those investments should be, you have to spend a lot of money. So now you have to test in prospecting and retargeting where your targeting test has to guess what that person's objection is while you're making prospecting dumber and dumber and dumber. And you have the budget to keep both out of the learning phase plus test for creative for both and figure out what those customers look like on your back end for your store. And the honest truth is maybe, but if you're not spending a couple thousand dollars a day, the odds are probably no. And Facebook does the retargeting for you because your ads, Facebook's trying to show your ads to the people that can respond positively to them. Now, who's going to respond positively to your ads? Somebody that's never heard from you before or somebody that abandoned cart yesterday? There's a reason your frequency at broad is still not one. It's like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, something like that. And it's because it's doing retargeting for you. And the last thing that I'll say is if you run broad and retargeting, what happens is that retarget that broad is going to try to remain consistent. Now it was able to run top of funnel and bot and it was able to run effectively because it saw top and bottom funnel people. And Facebook wants to deliver you a consistent result. Now what happens when you chop off the bottom of that funnel and say you only get these folks? What happens is it starts to index it starts to spend more money at the middle of the funnel. 
because you took away the easy wins. So now in order to maintain consistency, if I take away all the easy wins, you're now going to stop taking bigger risks. You're going to play scared and just try to get the people that are kind of in the middle. So you're not even reaching more people anymore. So now your CPMs are going up because you'll be targeting individuals and you're hitting more people that aren't necessarily interested and you're not bringing more people to your store. So while you're retargeting because you're like, okay, great, I'm getting a wonderful ROAS on this retargeting audience, you're actually tanking the future of your business. And you don't need to. And so for that reason, it's a luxury problem. Hey, look, I've run accounts where we do retargeting. I'm a big believer in retargeting. But until you figure out broad and you've stabilized it, you've understood what the limitations of your success there are, you probably don't have the money, the time, or the need to work on retargeting. And you're going to sacrifice your long-term business growth for a short-term gain that will ultimately tank your ability to be successful at all anyway. Because of that page score thing that we were talking about. So, yeah. yeah, that's why I say retargeting is a luxury problem. And most people do it wrong. Like, you are going to retarget. Retarget with an upsell. Retarget with a different thing. But wait, there's more. Oh, you like this mug. Cool. You didn't buy it. Hey, look, I'm going to give you this mug plus two other ones and some coffee. But instead of charging 20 bucks, I'm going to charge you 100. Which do you want? Now my retargeting is offering you something different. I'm not beating you over the head with something you already told me. No, I'm giving you an option to give you something else. But because I'm paying extra, I want to get more money from you. Um, so I never retarget with a discount. That's the worst thing you could ever do. You retarget with an upsell. You try to overcome that objection with greater value. And that way, when I'm paying to reach you another three, four, five, ten times, instead of getting 20 bucks from you, I'm getting 100. So I, that's okay for me. And because I'm retargeting you with the $100 offer, that broad audience that's selling the $20 offer doesn't get negatively impacted like we were just talking about. Because one's a $100 offer, one's a 20. So that $20 offer is still showing to everybody, but the people that would likely respond to the 100 are seeing it in the retargeting audience. So it's incremental. And um, yeah, so retargeting is a luxury problem. And I think most people don't have the budget to afford it. Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, way of explaining it, to be honest. Because uh, there is a lot of people outside, um, outside inside this uh, world of social media that, uh, you know, like are preaching retargeting heavily. And uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, but when, not when you don't have enough data anyway, right? Like, why would yeah. you start heavily retargeting? Most of us, wherever it starts, they don't have any data whatsoever, like 5,000, 10,000 people can. So I actually spoke with Facebook yesterday. And I asked some questions that I saw on your account. Okay. I wanted to see you. I wanted to see what the lady on the other side of the phone will say. Love it. Just okay. for the just just for the benefit of this life, right? I love so it. I I love it. So you're talking to uh, Facebook marketing rep. Uh, yeah, I think so. They call them like that. Okay. Okay. Got you. So that's an yeah. entry level employee salesperson that sees a that sees a script. Got it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Just for the benefit that's of the business. Different level of yeah. for different businesses. No, yeah. I think it's this big people that basically, when I spoke with them, they basically say, wow, that's an interesting strategy. That's a very good strategy. You should definitely do that. And that was usually the conversation. But I still that's go on them, right? And I asked them, I say, hey, listen, there is this dude that says on internet I saw yesterday. And this dude says that everything you're just telling me now, like run video ads and then spend all your money on conversions, is bullshit. And that I should just go and spread the message and deliver value more. And, and she was like, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. not answer. <laughs> I'm like, is, so what's that? Oh, yeah, keep going. Now it's like, uh, okay, like, you're here to give me advice, and basically your job is to increase my ad spend, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you're sitting on that phone. That's why you're in that chair. So if anyone runs out and they know that you get actually posts from Facebook and stuff, which if you don't, you never get to them, even if your account gets off, right? Which is an yeah. interesting one. And I was like, okay, so this dude says, fuck all this retargeting and things like that. Go broad. 
spread your message, show what you're doing best, and the right people will bite, if I can say it like that, and they will get automatically retargeted. Like you said, like something I've basically never seen before in any course or anything, talking about including your blueprint, right? I don't hear it. So, well, maybe I missed it because I don't know. I didn't pay attention. Well, I'll say this. It's not taught in Blueprint that way because Blueprint is trying to teach people how Facebook works. The issue is Facebook's view of it and that salesperson's view of it is to make Facebook look good. They want your yeah. Facebook numbers to be strong. If you're, if you're getting a 3X ROAS on Facebook, Facebook's gonna be happy. My response is you're not spending nearly enough money. Like if you're breaking even on Facebook, then you're doing good because you're making a lot of money behind it. And so their business model is that salesperson and what we see by the blueprint, it just teaches you what the building blocks are, but they're not actually taking business metrics and architecture and your model into account. Um, and that's one of the reasons that you see like gurus and experts and folks that sell courses and people that work at agencies that are really well regarded, but they did good. What they did really well was make Facebook look good so that people thought their problem was somewhere else. The real issue was that Facebook looking good isn't necessarily good for your business. Like I said, I took a brand from 5,000 a day to 30,000 a day because we took their Facebook from two and a half to a point eight, and they made way more money. So I don't even look at the results of Facebook, honestly. I don't look at the attribution. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. What I'm trying to do is, can I just, I'm looking at week over week, am I getting more efficient? Am I solving better problems? And then as my business or my clients or students' businesses, are they improving because of this investment? If I do, my best job to try to take care of the relationships that I have in the best way that I can, I can take high level of confidence that I'm going to get the best result that I could from it. But if I try to maximize the value of that relationship and ignore the rest of my business, I'm gonna suffer. And, and I have had people that I've worked with and nearly went out of business because we made Facebook look really good. We made Facebook go from a two to a five. And what ended up happening is they almost went out of business because they weren't worried about the bigger picture. And so that is one of the big issues that I think people have. And those Facebook reps, the college graduate salesperson has no idea about running your seven figure business or how to get there. They've never solved that problem. Yeah. So it's only seeing what exists inside their ecosystem. Yeah, we have a question from Way Happy. What does it mean to get more efficient week over week? Efficiency means I'm either acquiring new customers for cheaper or I'm acquiring customers at the same cost, but at a higher spend. So how do I make more profit every week? How do I reduce my advertising cost every week? How do I maintain it, but just increase my spend? Something along those lines. And um, I was talking with a student um, two days ago and he was freaking out because he's like, man, my ROAS dropped from a 1.7 to 1.3. I was like, okay, well, let's look at your business. Well, you made $500 in profit three weeks ago. You made $2,000 in profit last week. You made less profit on every sale. We had way more customers. And Facebook didn't show you all the sales that you got. So what we're really doing is we're seeing what is the value of the investment that we're making. And if we can make that better and better, um, that's what efficiency is about. And, and so that's what I really try to drive people for is think of your success as a, whatever success is, is, whatever you think success is for your business, success as an advertiser is getting a little bit better at that thing every week or every month. And that's why my students and clients, this year was the best year ever, most of them. Last year was the best year they ever had before that. And the year before that was, was the, like it kept, kept getting better. Even though iOS 14 happened, the world was ending. Um, 
they stopped caring about what Facebook said their results were and just started looking at their overall business. And yeah. if you take care of that relationship, you're going to be successful. Uh, I get this question quite a lot. Uh, what is the most important metric uh, when you're on the ads? Uh, okay, answer. What, what do you think? What is the most important metric that people should, should measure when they spend money on paid advertising? I'll say this. There's a lot of channels where the only, not just Facebook, but a lot of channels where the only metric I look at is spend. Um, I don't care about CPC. Cost per click, meaningless in Facebook. And what I mean by that is, maybe I can get a 50 cent cost per click on $5 and I get 10 people. But if I get a $1 cost per click on $100, well, I got twice as many people. Does it mean that they're better or worse quality? Who knows? But if you've ever done lead gen, one of the things you learn is the cheaper the lead, the worse the quality of the click. Our clicks are created equal. Let's talk about click-through rate. Very common. People are like, I'm just trying to get the best click-through rate. I want the worst click-through rate. Because I want my content to be so good that it's shown to everybody. And if, I, if your ad is shown to 100 people and you get five clicks, you got 5% click-through rate. If my ad is shown to 1,000 people and I get 10 clicks, I got twice as much as you did for the same dollar. I'll take that lower click-through rate all day. Some people say, well, CPMs are the most important thing. CPMs are a good barometer of whether or not your ad is good, but I don't care about reaching the most amount of people for the cheapest if my conversion on that traffic isn't any good. The point is, all of these data points require context, and they're not actionable. You're not going to, like, they're not, you can't make a good decision because of that data point. So when I teach people about reporting, primarily what I look at is spend, conversions, and value. Like, and then from there, I can extract how much did it cost for me to get a conversion? How much money did I spend and what was my return on that? And I think that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and then get everything out of the way that does the worst for you. And if you just are more, investing more and more of your money where you're doing better and better by removing the worst option then over time, you're just gonna get better and better and better and better. And that's what's really important. It's just consistent improvement. Um, and if you're running sales campaigns, your, your, your conversion is purchase, right? Or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. So that's primarily what I look for is efficiency um, by cost. Yeah, that's, uh, and it, in the end, it depends how much is the value of your clients, right? So if you get, sure. um, one click on, I don't know, 300,000 impressions and then brings you $1 million. What well, doesn't matter how many people yeah, click that? As you said, it's you have to have that the context. Context, exactly. You have to have the context. You have to know what, is, what are you selling. If your offer is $10,000, $20,000, you don't care if it's 0 0.5 or, or 1. Uh, but a lot of people, because they've done themselves and they come and they say, oh, well, but I want leads. I get people who say, I want leads for $1 maximum. And I'm like, how did you come up with that number? Yeah. Sometimes I think, do I don't know anything or maybe these people know more than me, but they want to work with me to run their ads, but they tell me I want $1 uh, lead. And I'm like, and the service is how much? $5,000. i am like, so you want to get $1, somebody that's going to pay you $5,000. Yeah, I'm so like, you have to go through 5,000 people to break even. Can you handle 5,000 sales calls? What if I got to 100, but they were way, way, way more qualified? Can you handle 100 sales calls? Like, what does success even look like? And that's how you back into those numbers. Sadly, most people don't get that. And that's why they're struggling. Yeah. And before you go, okay. For some, for some, if you need to go, just say, yeah? Well, let's do one more. Let's do one more. And then I got to, and then I'll, and then I'll hop. 
a new person wants to start running an ads. They have uh, the one advice, they have $5 or $10 a day. They're seeing these objectives, conversions, traffic, all this mess out there. And they're like, I don't know what to do. What would, what would be your advice? Just this objective, go yeah. for that and focus on this. If you have $5 a day, odds are you can't invest enough in your business to use Facebook to drive a conversion objective. And so then what you're trying to do is run Facebook to get more awareness for your brand and more traffic to your site to amplify the value of what it is that you're doing. So I would go with the objective that is around awareness and traffic. So I would go to brand awareness and run a brand awareness campaign, targeting broad, make ads, and then remove the ad that has the worst brand lift or the highest cost per click. And just try to get better and better and better at making your audience want to see what you have to say. And that's gonna make your phone ring. That's gonna make people go to your site. That's gonna get more people on your email list. And eventually you're gonna get good enough at that and get enough money that you can go from five to $10 a day or $100 a day or $1,000 a day. And then maybe you can do other objectives that are more down the funnel. Um, but if you only have a little bit of money, I think the number one thing is try to use Facebook to do market research and get attention. So you can monetize that attention. Um, otherwise, uh, you're gonna be spending money into something that ultimately won't um, deliver you any result. And the um, last part is, I'm totally fine with adding ads to the same ad set. I, 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 I want to have evergreen efforts. So when I talk about moving bad choices or adding in good choices, I'll just turn off ads that don't work and I'll make new ones that do. And I'll just let Facebook make the decision, but I want the simplest situation possible so that the highest opportunity for success. All right, that was a good answer. So everybody have five or $10 to invest textually if you didn't if you didn't get Yeah, and also go to Dennis Yu. He will tell you all about a dollar a day. My buddy Dennis, super brilliant guy. Uh, I am loosely copying what he's doing and he's a lot better at it. So when you talk about wanting to do a dollar a day strategy, Dennis Yu, he's the man. Uh, I'm just trying to bring some of his wisdom to this conversation. Oh, that's fantastic. So Charlie, uh, I want to leave you and go and do your work. So thank you very much for uh, life. I will DM you later. And I love it. Call. I have some, a few more questions for you. I love and, it. Well, uh, we can do this again too sometime, you know, and, and you try to make this work. Absolutely. Always open. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm doing my purple room when my broadband is There you is go. Back. Get that 4G going, that 5G. Go broadband. Mm, I love the, it. The megabits, the megabits. Yeah, the disco. <laughs> Nah, no disco in this room. I have to get going. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I'll talk You're to more you than welcome, brother. Thank you, everybody, for being here. And see you again. Sorry for not answering all the questions, but... No problem. Bye. Anytime. Anytime. See you.